Alright guys, welcome to episode 140 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week, we talk about the other two, season three. We talk about Joyride, Mission Impossible Fallout, Atlanta, Primal, but most importantly, we talk mm-hmm. about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, and we talk about Oppenheimer, the the movie about the atomic bomb with unknown results. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but first... This episode is probably mm-hmm. just going to be Mission in Poppenheimer, um, but uh, let's, let's before we get to that and have to, you know, separate the spoilers from the rest of the episode, um, mm-hmm. let's, let's check out some things we've been doing this week. So um, I'll let you start. Yeah, so of course, you know, we'll, we'll start with the big one, Mission Possible, and then also Oppenheimer, but I, I want to squeeze in... Um... Uh, the, the other two, season three. Um, so I think I mentioned the first two seasons, of, like last year, maybe the year before. Um, and they're both very funny, very like um, sort of inside baseball, but about the Hollywood industry. Um, and it this is the final season, and it ended really, really well. I think really strong. It was very, very funny. So it's about um, this kid who's kind of like a Justin Bieber, and he has two loser siblings who kind of want to you know, also make it in the industry and tag along. And so it's about them, you know, him being huge and famous and pretty much like Justin Bieber, they like ex- explicitly call out things that he did. So there's like one bit where he turns 18 and he's like, sorry, but you know, for the next month you have to look like a little rat because they're, you know, all pop stars when they're 18, they look like rats. So they give him the little wispy Justin Bieber mustache oh, and make him look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so stuff like that. And then, and then um, the two siblings, not sort of just make trying to make it in the industry as well. So yeah, the, the the other two, all three seasons are on HBO Max. It is incredibly funny. It is very very funny. It's um and the nice thing, the best thing, all episodes are thirty minutes long. Like they like right capped at like thirty minutes, and there's only yeah there's ten per season. So you could easily you know maybe over the course of a week or two, if if you like more more like of the binging type, you could easily clear uh, the series. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, um, the other two, season three. Um, and then we also, you know, we watched Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. But before we talk about it, I know you watched Fallout since we last recorded. So yep. like, what were your thoughts about that one? And then we can talk about Dead Reckoning. All right, so Fallout. Um, i trying to think. It was incredible. Um, it was... God, uh, <laughs> it, like... So much about it was great. Um, they, you know, the way he's dealing, <laughs> like an Alec Baldwin has his little moment. Um, this is the one, uh, just some some highlights. Uh, this is the one where Tom Cruise breaks his ankle and then pushes through it like a psychopath. Um, right? That's this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. okay, this is the one where... Um, I remember from the preview, this is the one where Henry Cavill reloads his arms like shotguns uh, in the bathroom <laughs> fight. This shit kills me every time. Um, mm-hmm. What else? And I love it because he he does that, 
and he still gets his ass kicked. Like, the guy literally holds his head and just fucking kicks uh, the shit out of him yeah, in his chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that whole fight scene's great. Mm-hmm. Um, man, everybody gets their own little moment. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, it, basically just everybody gets their moment. Like, it, to yeah. the point where literally his, I mean, his ex-wife gets her moment. Um, right. which I think I text you about, that's this, again, I'm pretty sure that's this movie. I'm getting it mixed up because they're all, uh, I've watched them so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. but this is, this is the one at the end in the medical camp, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I text you and I was like, I really kept waiting for the husband to do something because they've cast this guy who's, who looks like a fucking weasel villain. Like they yeah. cast him to be her husband. And I just keep waiting for him to be like, stab him in the back. <laughs> if it's, um, it's, he plays, um, it's a, he's played by Wesley Bentley. Yeah. West Bentley? West Bentley. And he was the bad guy in The Hunger Games, the first one with the little weird beard. And he oh, always yeah. plays like these little creepy guys. He's the creepy kid from American Beauty. So he's been doing that creepy shit since he started. So like, you know, and he's, like, it's always like... The thing that threw me off was like... Uh, God, uh, spoilers for Fallout. Uh, Henry Cavill's like, if you come after me, I, I'm gonna have... It, I can't remember exactly how he says it. But basically, if you come after me, someone's gonna murder your wife. Um, mm. your, or your wife's gonna end up dead. And so, Tom Cruise starts going after him. And I was like, then I see this dude who very clearly is sketchy. And I'm like, he's the one that's gonna kill he's her a- if Tom Cruise is going <laughs> after him. <laughs> did you Did you happen... I think I sent you a clip on Twitter about... Um, Christopher McQuarrie was talking about how he wrote that scene. Yep. or how, they, how he, how he and, told the guy to play it. And it's like... Yeah. And it... It makes sense hearing that. Like, it all comes together, and I'm like, I just still feel like that was the wrong guy. <laughs> like, he didn't do anything wrong, but it's like, nah, bro, his face. Um, like, mm. It's just that, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, you see this guy, you know he's a part uh you can tell that he's a part of your wife's past because you know there's a part of your wife's past that you can't learn anything about. And you've made peace with that, but you know something's up here, and so you're kind of trying to feel it out without being an asshole or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that makes sense, but also I just feel like he's going to kill her. You <laughs> <laughs> like, should have cast somebody else, like a, maybe like a warmer energy or like yeah, a warmer Yeah, exactly. Face. Yeah, like somebody that was would be willing or be able to like probe while still being like friendly, whereas this dude's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, he just seems so sketchy. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man, Fallout was great. The the whole fucking scene with the helicopter was dope. Incredible. Uh, I was like, oh, this is Top Gun Maverick. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because, you know, that sort of gave them the blueprint as to how to film something like Top Gun. They kind of got, like, sort of where to put the camera. The cockpit with the joystick. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. And sort of was like, okay, oh, this is how we sort of, you know, do the the sequences for something like that. Um, They... uh, it's interesting because I feel like, so I think I told you when we um, went to see Dead Reckoning um, that I had a, a friend who was like, oh, you know, uh, these are good, but they're dumb. They're big and dumb. They're like the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> and I said, I was like, look, I love Fast and Furious, right? But these are not that at all. And I feel like sometimes people have this mis- misconception where they, they just imagine them being like, like Sound and Fury, like just like explosion, like Michael, like a Michael Bay movie, like a Fast and Furious movie when there's an insane amount of like, like character and, and motivation and character and... motivations in in all of these and, and it, it's like 
it's like, you know, you get a nice burger, but then sometimes you get a steak and somebody goes, well, they're the same one and the same. It's the same animal. It's like, well, no, right? Right. Like, exactly. Same so, source, same kind of vibes, same sort of ideas, but the way they come out are completely different. Yeah. So I've talked about it here with me and to that, to the degree that I talked about it before, I'm still not like cured or solved uh, this issue. But I did see you tweet a thing where they were like, like, it really is a, it's a real thing for people to just be bad at watching movies. And like, like, if you say that the Mission Impossible movies are like the Fast and Furious movies, I feel like you might just be bad at it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing, man, other than literally having action set pieces, that's like, that's the only similarity I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah. In between the action set pieces, I feel like everything is wildly different. Exactly. It's like, I guess, yeah, probably just, there's a team. There's that seven could both classify as blockbusters, and that's the similarity. That's it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. And so I was like, that's not it at all. And, and, and I don't know, and I, and, and I was talking to somebody also who was watching the series, because I, I, you know, I've been tweeting about them and telling people, like, watch the series, like, do all of them. And somebody was watching two. And like, this is good. This is fun. I mean, they didn't say that it was great or that it was bad. Like, it's eh, kind of what I would expect for, you know, they, they have this idea in their head of, excuse me, of like just dumb action, right? Right. Just imagine like, which like, you know how we, if you're watching the second one, you'd be correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and what I want to say is kind of like, no, trust me, there, there is, there's greatness beyond this, right? Kind of like, I know, you know, you knew that they were good, but last year when you started them, you got to three and you're like, that's pretty good. You know, he says Humpty Dumpty on the wall. Kind of weird. I was like, but keep going, keep going. There's greatness beyond that, right? It's like that. Right. It's, it's um, but I'm glad that you like Fallout and, and, and yeah, but. Um, so before we get to Dead Reckoning, yeah. um, I was just going to say that like, I have a friend who hasn't uh, watched any of these movies, right? And mm. he's the guy that's, I'm super into Metal Gear Solid, which will come up again later. Um, but, like, I was like... And he, the thing is, his favorite one is Sons of Liberty. And when you told me that, I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, now i got to get him to watch these. <laughs> and uh, so I, like, told him. I was like, look, you're going to watch... You're going to watch one. So, you know, you watch them in order. I'm like, one is a good movie. It is a whole different type of movie. Like... You could convince me that Mission Impossible 1 is not a Mission Impossible movie. Like, you you could convince me that other... Mm. If you did cast somebody other than Tom Cruise, you could tell me it's just some weird thing where, like, they use the same name, but it's a whole different series. You know what I mean? Like, right, it's, right. it's so wildly different in composition, like, the things it's going for. Like, it's just so wild. Um, and then I was like, two is dog shit. Uh, three is pretty good. And then everything from four on is money in the bank. Um, mm-hmm. and so, so I think I'm going to get him to watch it, but I also texted you and I was like, I saw it on Twitter and I was just like, bro, what, what are these people who are saying ghost protocol is like a bottom two mission impossible movie? What are you that talking about? To me. <laughs> like so and some I, people I, put I, it below two and I'm like, you're I out of your mind. I, I mean, I love ghost protocol. I think it's great. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I borderline love it. Like, right, right between, like, really like it and love it. Like, it just keeps spreading yeah. to love, right? But I do not understand who, anybody who puts it in the bottom two or the top two, all right? Because I'm, cause especially now that we've got Dead Reckoning, right? Yeah. So, maybe you want to be weird, then there's no way that you put 
fall you don't put fallout in maybe one over it right or right. one in five or seven in, you know what i'm saying yeah so i totally understand i saw the, yeah like you texted me the that only thing like, i'll give four yeah. over any of them and this is mm. literally just me mm. um it's like that one is like uh god i'm trying to explain this it is like uh man I, and i could talk about this with another thing that i don't have on the list but like four is is mine which is to say that, like, it is my introduction to the Mission Impossible movies, and it's a good one. And so, like, mm-hmm. it holds, like, like the first time you come across something that's good, like, in your head, that's the one. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like that's, you're like, that's, that's what Mission Impossible is. But even still, I can objectively look at it and be like, I think the other things do everything better. I just, like, yes, exactly. It's got a special yeah. place for me. You know what I mean? The one thing I'd probably give it is that Burj Khalifa scene with the building. Like, 100%. That's so good. And that's all I can that, think of every time I think yeah, of that movie. That, and I love that the movie makes it a point where all the tech sucks. Like the glove yep. fucks up. And then the, the scanner screen. thing fucks it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything, like, fails them over the course of the movie. Like, even the self-destruct. This message will self-destruct. And he's like, has to go back and hit the phone on the side for it to actually do it. Something like, yeah. all the little stuff like that, I, I love. Um, and I like Paula Patton. I wish that they would bring her back. And I like uh, Jeremy Renner. Actually, I like the energy he brings in that one and Rogue Nation. Yeah, um, I was surprised he kind of just fell out. Because I think he's... <sighs> all right, maybe I'm misremembering... Okay, yeah, he's Rogue Nation ends with him saying he cannot give any info because he's not cleared by the secretary, and the new secretary is Alec Baldwin. Yeah, right. That's the end of Rogue Nation. Pretty much, kind of like left him as like his right hand man, like like the man in the chair slash yeah. like the 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 guy you you connect when you're like I need you to I need you to 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 sabotage the you know when when the when when Ethan's own government is after him he needs a buddy in the system to help him out kind of thing yeah um, so the scene I remember talking to you about again where he's like he tells Ving Rhames like I need you to find him because blah 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 uh, and Ving Rhames like all right here's what I got to do and he's like how long is it gonna take you and he's like I'm done um is mm-hmm. is that six or five uh. Five. That's five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because okay. they're together when they're looking for Ethan and uh, Benji. Yeah. Okay. So then that's number five. That's the last one we see him in, right? Is he not? I don't mm-hmm. feel like he's in six at all. No. Mm-mm. Which is weird because Baldwin's in I six, think, right? <laughs> apparently, yeah. Apparently, for that time, because it came out in 2018, he, they were filming um, Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I guess you just don't bring him back for seven after. He's been gone in six. Yeah. Okay. And I think he was filming like Hawk. I mean, I would assume that, like, I'm I'm trying to think of what else he would have been filming, like Hawkeye, maybe. So yeah. like maybe, yeah. But mm-hmm. I hope. They, I mean, they, they still got time to bring him back for part two. Yeah, There's that would time. be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyways, Mission Impossible movies are dope. Yeah. Um. So, uh, do we want to? All right. Yeah. Let's give very like generic thoughts on. Uh, yeah, generic movies. thoughts, and, and I, th- I think even just keeping it, you just so we get to Oppenheimer and talk about that, since that one, I mean, you can't really spoil that one. And this one, I mean, you can't really even really give spoilers for this one either. I mean, maybe, uh, I, I, maybe. Uh, there's just some but, moments that would be cool to experience for the first time, and not just here. Oh, true, true, true. So, yeah. Um, like the quote I sent you, where I was like, I can't stop thinking about this quote. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Dead Reckoning, um, super fucking good. Uh, yes. Where do you where do you think you put it? I, you don't have to give me a definitive answer, but like, yeah, I, in your Mission Impossible movies, top three. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably put it below. So my my so watching. You know, I, th I think I told you that as I was rewatching Fallout, I said, "Wow, like no, this is clear above it. Every all the other ones, right?" And I feel the same way still. I think. I think there, everything about Fallout just moves so perfectly, and it, it's it just it's in sync, it's synchronized, and every single sequence is like that would be the best sequence in everything else. And then for this one, it's just it's just like right below it. So it's probably like I probably put Fallout, Rogue Nation, and then this one. Mm -hmm. um, I probably put Rogue Nation ahead of it just because I feel like the story is a little tighter, and there's a couple of sequences that I like it that I like more. Um, and then in this one, I was telling Sydney afterward, like, it, it's hard, you, you probably can't, you don't, you can't tell if you don't know, but they had a hard time filming this one because of COVID. They kept getting shut down. People oh, really? COVID. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I should have meant, well, I didn't want to mention it because, you, um, you know, it was the first time watching it, but, like, right. I noticed it. So, full disclosure, I watched this movie three times in five days. So, That's I watched right. it Tuesday, Thursday, and then Sunday with you. And then the second and third time, you notice, like, anytime that they're... So, there'll be like, a scene where they're, like, in Venice, and they're on a boat, and they're coming into the city. Or they're, like, um, looking out over the city, and there's, like, a sunset, right? And they mm -hmm. think, like, tomorrow's going to be the big day. And Tom Cruise's hair is, like, really short. And they go inside to do, like, a dialogue scene, and his hair is, like, really long and combed over perfectly, like a Ken doll. And oh. they go back outside, and it's really short. And <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, it's, like, man. a bunch... And so next time you watch it, keep an eye out for that. I'll be like, look, Sid, look. And it'll be like short, like sort of like um, kind of how it is in the last one, right? Just like yeah. a little, like the front's a little poofy. And then it'll be inside like the dialogue scene where they're all in the club. And it'll be like a Ken, like perfect cut, like, you know, combed over kind of haircut. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just stuff like that. So so it's pretty obvious that certain things had to be changed. You know, at the end, somebody leaves and they're like, I got to go now. And it's kind of like a little like, wait, uh, why? You know? And... Um, talking about, uh, I think I know what we're talking about. Yeah. He has to go to a place untouched. He has to yeah, go to exactly. a pure, uh, location. Mm -hmm. okay. The hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like, wait, but they've never, so, and because they've never done something like that before, you go like, it's just a little, uh, right. But, but for the most part, it's kind of a miracle that the movie works as well as it does, given that they had to do all those things, right. That right. They, that they had to shut down and, 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 you know, and, and they talk about, um, I mean, dude, it, like, it, it's hard to talk about it as a whole, just without, it, it takes so long to talk about it, but yeah, I loved it, all the sequences are great, the, the character work is awesome, and like, it's something that I picked up, especially the third and second time, it's just like, effortless, right? Like, they just have these scenes where they just dump exposition, and they're like, talking about like, you know, early on in the airport, there's an airport sequence early on, and they're like, how are you gonna find the other half? Where it's like, well, we gotta let the guy have the key, and then we let him buy it, then we follow him, and it's just like, little things like that, that, that you know, in another movie, I think would have quickly fallen apart. And I yeah. think here they would have had a sequence where, like, he's like has to stop and explain everything. Whereas exactly, like, somehow yeah. this, they continue. The movie does not stop moving while they give you these exposition dumps. I think that's exactly. the thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes and, and you get them, of... and it ends up like just two dudes sitting and talking, and you get mm -hmm. a giant bunch of exposition, and then it's like, all right, let's go do the thing. Whereas this, they do such a great job. And really, now that I think about it, they do this, and I feel like every movie, like. Yeah, and like, they, like knowing how to do it is yeah. really, yeah. And I think I told you when we, when, you, when I was like, as you're watching Fallout, you're gonna notice that the movie sometimes there's a little bit of too much. Like she doesn't know who he, who John Lark is, so let's hope they never met. You know, and this and that, right? And right before the movie starts to lose you, they fucking whip you right back, and it's like here's a great action scene in the bathroom or something. You know, right, so, right. 
the same one here where it's like right before they're like, wait, so which half is gonna do? Psych! He's putting faces on other people's faces in the airport. Oh shit! Uh, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think th- th- they haven't lost me yet. They've been close, and, I, I, and I'm hoping that they don't lose me in part in you know in the eighth one. But um, it's amazing how effortless it is. The action sequences are, are all great, especially the last one um, with the the train sequence. It's just like, I'm like, how the fuck did they even like think about filming it, keep track of all the cards? Yeah. Like when I first watched it the first time, I was, you know, you just kind of go with it. And then I was watching it the third time. I was trying to make an effort to like keep up. Like, all right, she's going through the cart with the bar and then the kitchen one and then the one with the thing. And then as the end, as they're going through it, I'm like, oh, Oh, they like, you know, they don't just throw away like a random cars. They like each one has a specific um, sort of uh, decoration or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, One thing I wish that the movie did have and I can I can you can I mean, during COVID, you can see why. But I wish it would have had like a really nice, a really big time, like show stopping hand to hand scene. There's one on the like a fight scene like there's one on top of the train a little bit. Like all the other ones are just kind of like. Yeah. The one I will say. All right, so two thoughts, the, like only two negative thoughts I can think of in regards to this movie while watching mm-hmm. it. Um, I remember the train. So you're like talking about the cars. I, mm. I for a split second, and it's not like it, it wasn't egregious enough for me to have to dwell on it and like lose the movie. But like, I was like, it's a lot of fucking cars. Like, without spoiling anything, I was like. How many times are we going to do this? <laughs> For like a split <laughs> second. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's moving and it, like I said, you don't lose anything because of it. The right, right. other thing, the only other thing that I was like, I don't really like this, was the scene on the bridge, the uh, hand-to-hand fight on the bridge. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, this doesn't look very good. Like, and, and now that you mentioned the COVID thing, that could have something to do with it. I'm yeah. Not 100%. And then also, yeah, also he, I watched a little behind-the-scenes thing on Twitter they were talking about it, like we've always wanted to film in in what's it called in Venice. It's beautiful. It's oh you know historic. Every place is like six hundred years old here. Um, you can't get here by car. You literally have to bring every single piece of equipment for a major blockbuster in on a boat, and then you have to set it up and make sure you don't damage any of the old oh, tiny no. stuff. And I was like, my god, that's right. Same thing with the with the ramp at the end that they had to put in place of the mountain they're like yeah we had to build a ramp on a mountain but we couldn't just there's no roads there so everything had to be brought in by helicopter all the pieces and jesus people. christ and so you see they have like a time loop of like a, a, th- a dozen helicopters just doing round trips bringing up pieces of lumber and Stop metal it. and somebody yeah. needs to tell hideo kojima to not work on mission impossible movie. <laughs> they're like we need to ramp on top of this mountain like like can we choose a different mountain that you mm-hmm. can bring all the stuff to via vehicle he's like no it has to be this one like yeah and so then, and so, but if you think about it, like, like, that's why these are great. And that's because you can feel that, that, that tactical, even if it, like you said, the, the stuff on the bridge, even if it doesn't look amazing, you, I, I never once thought, oh, they're in a soundstage with a giant thing of water. I was like, they're there. And then once I realized how hard it was to just film there, I'm like, okay, maybe cut them a little bit of slack. But I mean, silk doesn't look like as good as other fights, but you can't go like, okay, you know what movie? I got you. Same thing with the, with the jump on the mountain where I'm like, MCU movie. Um, any other Fast and Furious, they would have just put fucking Vin Diesel in a gigantic blue screen in Atlanta, Georgia, and been like, "You're flying off a mountain, right?" Like they would have never right. made the effort to to find also, a mountain, like to build it. And to what end? And this is more in line with the Hideo G- uh, Hideo Kojima thing. Like, bro, I know you're saying 
we have to get this right, and it has to look right. But there has to be a more simple way of doing this than you literally driving a fucking bike off of a mountain like three times. There, there has to be. There, this is no way. This is the best way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he jumps the bike off the mountain three times, and then he's like jumping from the helicopter three times, like to get the perfect shot. And I'm oh, like, oh yes, this is this is too much. Like. <laughs> Like, the insurance should have shut this movie down the moment you try to do any of that. Like, And then, so, yeah, it's so funny. And so, like, what what it, what what makes me excited about that is that, you know, the movie's doing okay at the box office. It's kind of being overshadowed. They should have moved it a little bit. But I'm excited because Top Gun Maverick made them so much money that, and this one's, you know, reviews, even with, I'm sure with COVID, they're like, wow, this movie's actually, you know, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. People love it. Even though it took, you know, uh, twice as long to film as the other ones because of it, I'm just so glad because that means that the studio is going to give them so much money for the next one and they're going to do so much insane shit. Um, they have to. Yeah. I, I, meant, I, mean, uh, I meant to send you this clip that I showed Sydney afterward where you might have already seen it. So it's from last year. It's from 2022. They had some sort of a convention or something in, in April, right before Top Gun Maverick, like maybe like a couple weeks before. And he was going to, uh, it's like an announcement video. It's like, hey, everybody, here we are filming Mission Impossible 8. And I was on top this. of like, oh, those biplanes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I showed Sydney, and then he's like, all right, well, see you at the movies. And the motherfucker plane just drops like a thousand feet in like a minute or like, a, right. like 10 yes. seconds or something. And I was like, just seeing that, and he said, him saying, we're filming part eight. I'm like, Let's fucking go! Let's <laughs> fucking go! Right? So, I did it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I shouldn't be excited about the next one because this one's very good. Um, and I think, like you said, it's like in the negatives, I mean, maybe um, somebody said that they didn't like that it was a little bit over long, but dude, me seeing it three times, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. Like, it, I, it, not one of the three times did it ever, was I ever like, well, I gotta, this is the piss time uh, sequence because yeah, no, yeah, it's boring. I, I, if you told me like, hey, ever I got, I got us tickets to go see it again tomorrow, I'd probably be like, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, like, like it's it's bizarre because, um, maybe it's because it's a little bit lighter than Oppenheimer. But if you were like, hey, let's go see Oppenheimer again, even though it's only fifteen minutes longer, I'd be a little bit like, well, okay, let me, well, let me think, let me get back to you, kind of thing. Whereas if you told me this one, I'd be like, yeah, sure, why not? Right? It, it's just weird how some things just go down a little bit smoother, a little bit easier. But yeah, this one's, um really great i mean I, I i don't get it how are they on a four movie like this is like right yeah four five six and seven are all home run bombs like yeah sorry like you could four might be a fucking rbi double like maybe they only get the second base yeah. but they put someone else through the score mm-hmm. uh five six and seven i feel like are all 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 home runs, home runs. and I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I don't even think the MCU ever had a, a streak of these many movies back to back to back. Maybe like 2017. I'd have to Google to see that when they came out. Right. Let me. I can look real quick. But even then, I mean, I'm sure they had like one where I was like, well, you know, it, it's Ant Man two. You know. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's like um, it reminds me of that for some reason that just came into my mind where um, 21 Savage posted a picture of Kylie Jenner and he was like, damn, she's a baddie. And somebody commented on the picture, like, you know, she's got a boyfriend. And then he replies, well, it's just Tyga. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. that Ty, uh, in this scenario, uh, 
Ant-Man 2 is Tiger. It's just Ant-Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the closest... Actually, this one's pretty good. The closest thing I can find... Actually, all right, this is pretty solid. This is So these movies came out five in a row. Which, you know, looking back now, we're like, damn. We don't know how good we had it. But um, you and I are not too hot on it, but I know people like it. Guardians 2. Okay. Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And Infinity War. Yeah, it's Those came out... Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's pretty. That's pretty honestly, pretty the, and the thing is, the weakest one of them is the first one. So if you shorten it to a four movie run, it is mm-hmm. those four strong. Homecoming, movies. Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War. I mean yeah. that's like that's incredible, and that's in less than a year. Yeah, yeah. July seventh, November, February, and April. That's nuts. Yeah, and I mean if we're even remotely comparing Mission Impossible to this absolute fucking money maker that was those four, like how much money did those movies make? <laughs> like. Marvel, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like, yeah. Not nah, fucking uh, whatever studio is in in charge of the Mission Impossible movies, they're they're rolling in it. Um, yeah, they're gonna be super happy um, with how everything's going. Yeah, but any other like you know before Oppenheimer and, and you know anything else that you got going on? Any anything other like last thoughts? I'm trying to think of. I mean, the train sequence is incredible. Um, I did feel this one was a you know a little bit. I don't want to say goofier. I mean, maybe like. Wispier, lighter, maybe like some of the some bits, like like the t- the stuff with the little car, right? Yeah. Like and being handcuffed to the wrong hand, something like that's a little bit. I don't know. It would feel kind of a little out of place in Fallout, but the movie here is a little bit more. I don't know. Oh, and also, I think it does a very good job of. Hmm. I don't want to say front loading it because that's not exactly what I mean, but like. It gives us all the little, like, ha-ha moments, like, mm-hmm. really before stakes get huge, which is, like, perfect. Like, if you decide that you want to do this little car thing, right, like, mm-hmm. you do it before we get to the meeting. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah. You, and so, like, it doesn't feel out of place, really. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, especially because it's all... Yeah, it, really, all the goofy stuff is the cat and mouse between um, Tom Cruise and your uh, other person. Um, like, in the airport, all the little goofy, like, stuff is them two. Um, in the, uh, wherever that's at. Um, was it uh, uh, Dubai, Abu Dhabi or Dubai? Or? Uh, with a little car. Um, oh, with a little car. Oh, Rome, Rome. Sorry, sorry. Rome. I thought you meant, like, early on. The... Yeah, but, like, um, there, all of that stuff is, like the cat and mouse game between the two of them. And that's where all the funny stuff kind of comes in. And then they know, like, all right, once we get to this point in the movie, we kind of are going to have to drop it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. things are going to have to become more serious and, and uh, you know, we, we can't really do this anymore, which is yeah. perfect. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think they nailed that. Um, I did not realize that that was uh, Peggy from Captain America. So I, mm-hmm. I did not realize that until, like, Two or three days after we watched that movie. Um, uh, I was like, holy shit, that's the same person. Um, yeah. yeah, she's great. She, yeah, she's great. great. I, I, um, as much as I do like her character, I, I guess that could be another like little just nitpick. I, I feel like Ilsa wasn't in the movie as much as she could have been, but yep. I, think, I thought Grace was great too. Um, oh, 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 so this feels weird, or it, 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 it's like not a nitpick, but it's an observation, where the movie feels... As I was watching it, I had like a little bit of like a deja vu. Not deja vu, but kind of like one of those like, wait, what a weird coincidence. 
Um, and what I mean by what I mean by that is that there are at least four different things in this movie that already sort of kind of reminded me of something else. So, like, what I mean by that. So, for example, one, um, there is a chasing in Fast and Furious and Fast X that literally takes place at the same stairs where Stop this it. one takes place. Yeah, they go down. <laughs> it goes down the same, the same like sort of stairs where the stairs go on each side of this like fountain thing. They're trying to stop like this bomb that's uh, that's in like a a rolling metal thing, and it roll goes down the stairs. And same thing, they go like over, they go in like a, a fucking what is it, a challenger down the stairs. <laughs> Except there, you know, they look like shit because they're all CGI, and here they were actually there. Yeah. But so that, and then Indiana Jones Five opens on a train sequence where they're on top of the train in like the same kind of place, like the Alps, like the mountains, like the German Alps and stuff. <laughs> and I was telling, and at night, but I was telling, I was like, that's weird. And then it does the same thing where that um, Into the Spider Verse does, where it's like uh, part one now over. You know, we get, you know, it will continue. Yeah. And then I, you know, I had a sub. You know, and there's been like sub drama this year. So I was in the city. I was as we were walking out the movie the first time. I was like, that was weird, right? That that it felt like so many things. And I think the biggest one is that Fast X one because I was like, we've been down these stairs like literally like two months ago in, in a different movie. All right, so here's what happened, right? <laughs> I I remember reading about it like not that long ago, but that like basically there are I don't know how it works like agencies or firms or something that like with music they will push certain songs uh, like to kind of like be in movies, and so like every once in a while you hear like the same song that's like not new in like two movies in the same year, and you're like that's fucking weird. Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, kind of frequently. The one I can think of is, uh, fucking, off the top of my head, The Kingsman 2 and Logan Lucky both have that fucking, uh, country song. Oh, Country Road, Take Me Home? Yep, um... they both have that one. And so, like, in my head, I'm like, some travel agency was, like, pushing movies to do, like, like, look at this great location with these stairs. And then, like, Fast, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Fast X bought it, and they were like, Perfect, and then Mission Impossible is like, we want to do it too, and they're like, uh, okay, okay, like what, uh, what week are you planning on coming? And then, like, they saw the dates didn't like conflict, and they're like, fuck it, we'll just send it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I wonder if Tom Cruise has seen that sequence. You know, he's like, fuck, motherfuckers stole my thunder, it didn't even make it good. <laughs> right. Or sorry, here's the thing: do you think he's like, these motherfuckers stole my thunder and it sucks, or do you think he's like? Boy, I can't wait for people to see mine, and it's so much better. Oh, he's so much better, and like, ooh, he's, he's doing the Birdman. Yeah, exactly, bro. I, bro, I was literally rubbing my hands together like Birdman <laughs> when I was saying that. Incredible. Um, um but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think um, you know we can hit a couple of other things, but yeah, I think I mean, dude, like, I'm so glad I watched it three times. Um, it. it I'm so excited for the next one. It sucks that there's this strike right now. I mean, you know, I'm glad that there's a strike, but it sucks because it's like one of those things. It's like, uh, for some reason, similar to um, what's the one that's going uh, across the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. where they were like, well, it's next year, and then there are reports of that you know they haven't done that much. Now I'm like, that means that the movie's probably gonna get pushed to 2025 or maybe later. Now I'm the same with this where I'm like, I was expecting Dead Reckoning Part Two next year. Now it's not gonna happen. Now I'm like, Damn, yeah, okay, well. Oh well, but um, yeah. Anything else that you liked from it, or any sort of other? Yeah, no. I think or... I think it makes top three for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably have to sit and like really think about them to rank them, but uh, but it, I think it makes top three. I mean, four and a half out of five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if you 
I feel like I'm the type of person that would not want to give out a bunch of five out of fives all the time. So I'm gonna say four point five out of five on this one, which is like yeah, it's damn. not like an all time classic must watch like blah blah blah, but it is super fucking good, and I would recommend it to anybody. So 4. anybody, 5. yeah, yeah. I mean, and if I mean, I know you know we say that you know that they're 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 beyond or they're the best, they're the stake of action movies, but really, like I can't imagine. I don't know like, what a movie would like, have to do to be better. To be better, right, right, like right, like I understand how an action movie could do more maybe be like mad max fury road maybe have like a little bit more like a different you know because that's a whole world yeah. plus action plus great character you know it's like that was more of like uh whoa i've never seen this before and this is stuff you have seen before it's just the best version of everything you've ever seen in this kind of movie do before right that makes sense 100 percent. so oh my god sorry um so yeah really good um my favorite thing in it, and I don't, it might have been on purpose, I don't know, was the uh, the thing I texted you. I was like, I could not help but notice that this whole first sequence is just the sequence from Mission Impossible 2, but not shitty. Um, <laughs> and then, like, also, there's a speech that is, like, literally just the inverse of a speech that Alec Baldwin gives in an earlier mm-hmm. movie. Like, it what, would the, what would the evil person version of that yeah, exactly. What would the antagonist version of that say? Yeah. Yeah. Great so, lines. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's that. Um, yeah, four and a half out of five. So yeah. that's my, that's my Mission Impossible take. Uh, definitely go see it. Um, mm-hmm. man, like I, I would struggle to recommend somebody to start a seven movie series, but like really only one of them is bad. Yeah. And, and, the, and like, the rest are like range from like, that was good to like, this shit's yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah. You know- you know that I mean we've talked about before where the guy's digging and the other ones, you know, um, you know, gives up. Yeah. This one, it pretty much, you know, dig twenty feet. You know, <laughs> right. like, you don't have to dig that much yeah. <laughs> to get the diamonds. Dig two movies and then you're good. Yeah. Um, um it, I know. I feel the same way. Like if somebody now, I know there's ten, you know, it's three more movies. But if somebody was like, should I start Fast and Furious movies over the course of the year with my wife or something, something that you know, every third or fourth Sunday we sit back and watch, I'd probably be like, honestly, no, because like there's some really good. There's a great one, Fast Five. Um, and there's some pretty good ones, you know, Furious 7, Fast 6, the first one's, you know, solid. Yeah. But then some of them are just not, very, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't want to watch 2. I wouldn't want to watch, like, 8 or 9. I wouldn't want to watch, you know, is fine, right? But here, I'm like, you get past 2, and you are not just hitting great stuff. You're getting gold, right? So, right. um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, you know um, what? That's it. 1 and 3 are gold. 2 is, like, iron. And then, like, Four through seven are diamonds. The internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just, you're just hitting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, I, like I said, definitely, definitely watch it. Um, yeah. so, uh, let's move on from that to, uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, yeah. Quick. Do you want to, I see you started here or you started, ended a show and started a show. Do you want to squeeze just yep. real quick? Something in, uh, um, so I, uh, Finished um, Atlanta. Nice. nice. So, um, man, I I really think seasons one and two are the best seasons. Um, Mm -hmm. I think three is probably the worst, and I think four probably falls in third place. Um, I don't know how I'd rank one and two. Four is, like, good, and there's good stuff, but, like, four is still... I don't know. It's still a little too abstract in terms of like 
we don't get like plotline stuff much. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Like we get character development, but we don't get any sort of like story. Um, right. Which it's is kind of like like um like little surreal vignettes that sort of you see them grow, but it's like like as much as I like the surreal stuff, it doesn't really like how can I say expand on anything. Um, like uh, the stuff, like two that I can think of off the top of my head is like where they go to that mall that nobody can ever escape. Yeah, and they just keep like that, and then the lady in the in the wheelchair, like the it follows lady who's trying yeah. to stop Darius from uh, thinking she's he stole the thing. It's like that, like right, which is like funny, but it's just like it's not. They they made a whole episode of the hilarious bit that I, from that club episode. You know what I'm saying? We're like, yeah, like mm-hmm. the whole episode is the invisible car bit. You know what I mean? Right, and it's right. like, yes, that that works best as like its own little like thing that's hilarious by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One thing, I do, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I do think there's some bits that I just could not stop laughing. Like the one where you meet that guy who's he's a rapper, he's an aspiring rapper. And he's gonna show you know oh. show people his skills, and he gets in front of him. He's like, he's like, you know, I'm the greatest that I've ever seen. And the guy's like, move! And he just fucking up his glass. <laughs> like, there's like gunfire, people running, and he just steps over and starts trying to rap, and he just gets shoved out of the way. It's like move, and they're like, they're, I can't remember them, but they're pretty shitty bars. He's like, oh yeah, they're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Uh, the crank that killer so that stuff like that it was like really funny but it doesn't like expand he's like the crank that soldier boy killer he's like we've all been killed cause he he's like it's a good thing we didn't make any of those videos and he's like look man I, we've, we've sell drugs uh, everybody was doing it we did it <laughs> and then so I know I, I agree with you I think seasons one and two are the best and I think four is the third and then you know the, the third is the weakest but I think my favorite episode at least top three maybe top two is the fucking goofy documentary, bro? Dude, that shit's incredible. I could not when it's revealed, right? Because the first, like, what do you, what would you say, like five ten minutes? They're just, they're talking about this guy, and you can't really tell where the, where the, where the thing's going. Like he made he set out to make the blackest movie of all time, and then they put a goofy movie. Bro, here's the thing. That's exactly when I knew like the joke, mm-hmm. and it was before they showed me the goofy movie because I knew it was going to be a goofy movie, and I was like, oh, never mind, bro. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what it was, but like they were like set out to make the blackest movie. I was like, oh, a goofy movie for sure. <laughs> like, um, when at the end they show a crime scene, right? Like black yeah. and white crime scene with like the little ruler, and one of them is a fucking goofy shoe. Oh, <laughs> I, dude, I was on the floor. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna hold on. Let me send you this clip real quick. So this is from the last episode, and I don't know what it was. It like the whole episode. It's just this, like you said, like this weird surreal thing. Um, this, like, it, and this is like literally three seconds of this episode, and I don't know why it made me laugh so fucking hard. Um, so I sent you this, and then I just want you to go to f- like forty seconds, yeah, and just like the, the if you could play the volume, just do it because it kills me. Oh yes, the the what is it? it no, yeah, second yeah, second hyperbaric chamber we mentioned, right? Or oh yeah, the sensory deprivation chamber. Sensory deprivation, yeah, yeah. But like forty seconds. Oh, there we go. Start at forty. Yeah, just start at forty. I, I don't know about thirty minutes, maybe thirty-five. Wait, wait, what? Thirty minutes. 
<laughs> that, that, bro, I don't know why that killed me. The 30 minutes, and just like the lights going dark and him just like sliding into the background. Mm-hmm. It's so out of place. It like caught me legitimately by surprise. And I was like, what the fuck is going on, bro? Oh, God. Um, I really like, man. So I, I took a Google to see what somebody else said about it. And I get their points, but I just really, really kind of hate the ending. Um, like, like it literally ends with like, a, is this real? And I'm like, I don't like, we didn't need to do this. You know what I mean? Like you can get all your same points across without hitting us with like the inception ending. Yeah. I feel like, um, kind of like how I think we talked about finales here before where I said the girl, I think I mentioned the girls finale, the show girls, the final episode, but like a season finale. And then it ends and you're just like. Well, I'm sad because I'm never going to see my my friends. But it, it, it it's mixing that last like, no, this is the end kind of yeah. like a rump kind of thing. Like um, um, I'm trying to think of what show did it. Well, that one where where the, where the episode before it was this perfect distillation. All the characters were there. They were having a like one of the last parties they were ever going to have. People were leaving to change their lives forever, and they just had one more. And I always remember being like, wait, why did we? You know, why did you go with that verse, right? Like, yeah. why did they end, like, on huh. there? And I know I know they're trying to be like, well, you know, nobody ever changes. Or, like, you know, or, you know everything's going to be always the same. Or cyclical or this or that. But I do think having a finale that goes, no, boom, is yeah. important. And I think that maybe it's harder for a comedy. Because, you know, with Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad, you have a dragon eating somebody. Or... Um, a sh- an automatic machine gun shooting down a bunch of Nazis, but <laughs> it's much easier to finish them with a comedy. But I still think there's a show called You're the Worst that ends fucking perfect, and it ends in that kind of crescendo, like, no, this is the end of this story that you've been watching. Mm-hmm. Succession, right? When we were talking about Succession, that's what oh it was. We were God. talking about Succession, yeah. right? So it's like, no, the story wasn't called The Roy's. The story was called Succession. The Succession is over, and then that's the story, right? And right. I feel like Atlanta didn't was more of a Barry than a, than a Succession. Uh, succession, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so I did that. Um, I started Primal. I watched one episode. Um, nice, nice. Man. All I'm going to say is that the moment I knew I was going to 100% love this show is when this man takes a rock and bashes a fucking dinosaur's ankle backwards like oh yeah like, i was like yeah that shit's tight um oh, you haven't seen anything yet it's it's so good um yeah I, I can't wait to hear what you think about the whole season um are you doing uh, so the episodes are what what are they like 22 minutes right 22 yeah, maybe so. 30 so yeah just keep me updated as you do it because I, I like there's some especially in season one that there's one that i would say is probably like this sort of it's not a horror movie, but it may be like the, the scariest animated thing I've ever seen. Oh, man. And then there's another, but not scary in like the boogie, boogie, boogie. Like, yeah. like oh my God, the gore. It's like this like weird, like, like death is coming after you kind of primal thing. Right. And then, then there's the other great episode that's like a Mad Max Fury Road kind of chase sequence. That's the whole episode is one big chase sequence. Dude, it's uh, like, I, I told Sydney. I was like, I can't wait to, I, I, you know, when season three comes out, I think her and I, sh- I was like, we should rewatch it. Um, and 
like I, I think I told you when I when we were watching it, like she doesn't watch like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why she watched it with me and like loves it because as you can see from the first episode, it's like brutal and matter of factly, right? Like, oh yeah, oh there's no baby dinosaurs. No, they're gonna get fucking eaten, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was just like, yo, this this like the animation is so unique and simultaneously mm-hmm. like incredible, uh, like. It, it doesn't look like it should be fluid. It looks like it should be kind of blocky and shitty, and it's not. It's, like, super fluid. It looks super good. Um, which is the same can be said about Samurai Jack, like, which I believe yes, you yeah. told me was the same guy. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can 100% see the through line uh, on those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, really excited to, to keep watching that. Um, and then super, super briefly... Uh, I finished Final Fantasy 16, which uh, yeah. I don't know if I talked about on here. Um, really, really good. Um, I think uh, I think there are probably some things you can pick apart about the story. The more mm-hmm. t- time I sit on it, but like they're not major. Um, it's like it's the kind of shit that like when Star Wars people nitpick you, like okay, who cares? Um, mm-hmm. It's stuff like that. But really happy with it. Um, very, very pleased with how that went. Um, to the point that if they if they put out DLC, I am excited to try the DLC. Um, <clears throat> which I can't really say for any other single-player game I can think of. Like, I never played any of the Horizon DLCs. Um, uh, Ghost of Tsushima's DLC, I played some, but that was more for the multiplayer aspect and less because I've wanted more content. Um, so, anyways... Uh, that was really good. And then the, the last thing is uh, I, I started playing Street Fighter Six again, um, and, and that's been a blast. Uh, it's been really good. So that's where I'm at with that. All right, so Oppenheimer, right? Or was there anything you wanted to add before we got to Oppenheimer? Um, yeah, just one last one. A yeah. movie called Joyride. A nice, simple comedy. Um, kind of like uh, No Hard Feelings earlier this year that I talked about where it's like, it's so nice to have these pretty good comedies because that means you have fertile ground for great ones. But, you know... Um, it was fine. Some people were giving me shit, like uh, Sydney's friends are like, "I can't believe you didn't love it. How could you not love it? Oh my gosh!" Oh, I was like, "It was good. Like I never said it was bad." They were like, three and a half out of five. Oh my god!" I was like, "I had a good time. It was good. It just you know, some of the stuff, some of the jokes are a little cringy, but we need movies like this, right? We need to have cringy mm-hmm. ones so that in two weeks I can come back and be like, I just saw the best comedy." In the last like five years, I could not stop laughing. It's up there with neighbors as my all time favorite, like personal favorites and knocked up and bridesmaids. Like you gotta right. But for those to happen, you need to have movies like this that are just yeah, it was fun, good time, fun right. time. Some of the shows, some of the, some of them fell flat. Some of the story was a little meh, but good time, right? So if you and the best thing, of course, as always, ninety minutes. You can laugh with your significant other, with friends, with family. And then go about your day. So that's Joyride. It should be. Unfortunately, it's not doing as well as No Hard Feelings in theaters. So it should be out of, in, relatively soon, unfortunately. But hopefully it'll go to streaming and it'll do well. And we can get more movies like this. But uh, yes, that's Joyride. Um, and yeah, other than the big one. Or the, you know, one of the, the other big one. That's all I've been watching. Okay. So Oppenheimer. All right. So. All right. Let's start with the cast. Um, is there anybody not in this movie? <laughs> is there anybody not in this movie that isn't in Barbie? 
Like that. Like if it's not in Barbie, they're in this movie. I promise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and everybody's fucking incredible in it. Like, it, there's not one performance by anybody where you're like, eh. you know, like yeah. like everyone's killing it. Even 100%. people who you might consider like who you probably who I don't want to say have been butts of jokes or have who sort of have just haven't gotten their fair shake. I think. Um, uh, Josh, what I mean Drake by that. Josh. Yeah, like Drake and Josh, yeah, yeah, like him. Um, Josh Hartnett is a guy early on. All right, so here's the thing. I don't know if I text you this. I didn't even realize that was fucking Josh Hartnett. Um, I. All right, so if you Google Josh Hartnett right now on your phone, mm-hmm. um, as you're typing in his name, the picture that's going to pop up is like him, at least every time I've done it. Yeah, it's him with like this black hair that's like not short but not long just kind of like slicked down against his head and this shitty mustache do you see this picture like like just literally type in josh yes it's like his wikipedia picture right yep all right so there it is so all i can say is hartnett needs to ditch whatever the fuck that look is and i realize that this is a time period piece and it's 19 fucking 40 (laughs) That Josh Hartnett and Oppenheimer fucks, bro. That, that <laughs> he needs to just you, you know do whatever look and just 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 kind of like how people became the thing. Like Johnny Depp became uh, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, that he just he needs, needs to, to be this that. guy. I don't yeah. I don't care. Like this is like the best this human has ever looked on screen or in person. I have to imagine. Um, <laughs> he's so cool looking in this movie. Um, yes. so that sorry, Josh Hartnett, like you said, Josh um, Hartnett. Um, who's the, um, the guy who played, uh, Han Solo in that Solo movie, um, Alden Eckrich or something, he was the Robert Downey Jr.'s guy. Who, like, yeah, okay. A- I, I could not place it, and then once you said Han Solo, I, I didn't, I've never seen that movie in the, like, yeah. the Han Solo, the solo yeah, the Solo he, movie. But, like you said, he, he was like, he's in it, he was I was fine, like, fuck, yeah. I can see him, but I can't think of what role it was. Uh, yeah, he's Robert Downey Jr.'s guy. Um, yeah, and he's he's fine. Like he he does a good job. Where like, um, you know, I, I feel like that, that movie sort of led to him sort of kind of not blackballed, but you know, people were like, well, we, can, we need somebody to blame for it not being big. Let's blame the no name guy who just came onto the scene. Right. And I feel like both of them, it, it's kind of those things where you're like, him, them two. Oh, like you said, uh, Drake from Drake and Josh. Um, who was who's the other guy? Um, the guy who played. He was in Chronicle, and he was Harry Osborn in the shitty Spider-Man movies. He plays, like, one of the general military dudes. Okay. Um, there's, like, a bunch of little guys like that. There's, like, a guy from uh, one of the Diary of a Wimpy Kids movies. Yeah. Um, the, one of the Safty brothers, the guys who directed Uncut Gems is one of them. Yeah, all right, so that was the thing. I saw, like, I, I looked up who that guy was. It said Benny Safty, and I was like, this sounds familiar. Yeah. And I was like, then what honestly played in my head was fucking julia fox's dumbass fucking meme like, yeah okay, i was like oh safety that's right <laughs> <laughs> well, he also has a goofy accent in this one but it's yeah. a little bit more believable <laughs> um yeah goofy accent bro all right here's the thing i thought he hammed it up and then i learned about the guy he was playing and i was like never mind nailed it um no, he's a psychopath he's yeah. a, he's a <laughs> um so that i mean like everyone does great i have to imagine that at this point Christopher Nolan, when he makes a movie, I I feel like he probably just tells whoever he wants to be in the movie that they're in the movie. Like, I yeah. don't feel like, 
based on that movie, I feel like there was zero casting director work done. He was like, mm-hmm. you know who'd be great for this spot? That guy. This guy, okay. this guy, this guy. Bro, you... Alright, here's the deal. I could be wrong. I, I don't think I am. Rami Malek, Oscar-nominated, question mark? Um, yo, yes, 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 yes. No, Freddie, uh, Best Actor winner. For Freddie Mercury? Oh, wait, wait. This movie has three Best Actor nom- This Best Actor winners. Can you name them? Rami Malek's one. Rami Malek, uh... God, best actor winners. All right, hold on. So, They're smaller roles. They're smaller bits. All of them? Yes. Man. Not smaller than Rami, but like Rami size. Okay, but hold on. So real quick, just because you said this, and I feel like you've basically taken them off the table. Has Robert Downey Jr. never won a best actor? No. Okay. He's been nominated, but never won. Okay, all right. So Rami Malek. Man, I really couldn't tell you. I don't keep up with a that. General? One, one, one plays like a scary general. One plays a scary general. Oh, uh, Casey Affleck? Mm-hmm, Casey Affleck, and then one plays, oh, I can't give it away, <laughs> one is, plays, is, is it, alright, here's the thing, I don't know what he would have won it for, but he's been around a long time, is it Gary Oldman? Yeah, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman's the third one. <laughs> so what did he win it for? Oh, um, uh, playing Winston Churchill, like another World War II <laughs> leader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's insane, because it's like, oh yeah, let me just get, uh... Best actor winner, Rami Malek, in like a tiny little bit that, you know, 10 years ago, or maybe on like anybody else's movie would have been just like some guy from a casting agency. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if I don't know, I don't know what Christopher Nolan's next movie is going to be, but like, he's just going to be like, I want these people in it. And they're going to be like, of course I'll be in a Christopher Nolan movie. Because yeah, here's the thing, like, Rami yeah. Malek's part is 10 minutes, max. I don't mm-hmm. even think it's 10 minutes if I had to, had to take a guess. No, um, yeah. total in the whole movie. Like, you got a Best Actor Oscar winner to do that. And here's the thing. He's fucking great. In that 10 mm-hmm. minute, like, it's not like, uh, God, what it, it's not Matt Damon in that fucking movie where he plays the singer. Like, it's not that, it's not just a cameo because it's like, Haha, <laughs> it's funny. Oh, yeah, 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 right. It's not just like, a, oh, it's that guy, whoa. Right, it's, right? Not, it's, like, uh, it's, it's not Brad Pitt as the invisible guy in Deadpool. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's, not like, like a, it's like, you're going to play a super small role, but I'm going to like give you your moment, and like you can kill it, and people will remember you for this. Like, right. maybe not primarily. Like, maybe like I don't know that people are going to be like, Rami Malek, like, oh, he was Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. But like I, I, people are going to remember that role in when they think about that movie. Um, and so it's just, Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, I I totally agree. And I, early on, he doesn't get much to say. And I was like, why did they get him this one? And then he has a scene and you're like, Oh yeah. I I had the same thought. He's just there with a clipboard and fucking Killian Murphy just slaps it out of his hands. (laughs) Like, like, I'm like, why did we get Rami Malek for that? Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking through dark, um, um, Gary Oldman's movies just because I was like, well, he played Winston Churchill and then he's playing Truman, and I was like, he played one more like famous person, but I can't remember who. And I was looking through his discography, his filmography, and he is in a movie called Tiptoes. And in that movie, he plays Matthew McConaughey's brother, but Gary Oldman plays a little person in that movie. Stop it! He's literally on his knees. Stop it! When they film it. Yeah, and so he's on his knees, and they put shoes on his knees so that he can play a little person. Bro, so they did, like, the... Sh- <laughs> that's, like, did, the... They- that's the backwards Frodo, bro. <laughs> G- look, uh, and, they, and then Peter Dinklage is also in it. Apparently Stop it! Peter Stop it! They did movie. not get Gary Oldman to play a little person with an actual little person in the fucking movie. 
Google Tiptoes 2003 or 2002 and then go to Google Images. And it's not because it's making fun of little people, but it's because why would you get why wouldn't you just get a little person actor? Stop it. Instead of getting Gary Oldman and making sit on his knees. All I see here is this picture of him. He's in front of a pregnant woman with like a little something behind him that looks like it might be a vehicle. And I'm just like, yes, stop it. Why are we doing this? And and there's one on the couch with clearly fake legs. Yep. Yo, he's clearly coming out of the back of the couch. Those legs are clearly not connected to his body. Why have you done this? Yeah. So that's, (laughs) I forgot that was, I was looking, I was like, oh my, because I'd heard about it years ago and I was like, Tiptoes, oh my god. Alright, so real quick, can I just address the fact? I don't know if this is... uh, I don't know why this would be considered insensitive, but can we just address the fact that little little people do not have normal people proportions. So, like, this was never going to (laughs) work. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, their legs are short, but their arms aren't, like, regular... Like, they're not, like... Right, you don't like, take the torso of a, I can say of a, of a normal size, like regular sized person, right. and then their their head legs. is not of the same proportion to their torso. Like, like th- I can't imagine how this would have ever worked. Like, like at <laughs> least, at least with Frodo, it was a whole other species of thing that just happens to be small and look like a person. Like we have real life references and people out there. That we know this isn't it. Like, and it can't be convincing. No, Especially in the same movie playing next to him. Right! That's what I'm saying. You hired an actual little person. And then you're like, all right, but what about Gary Oldman? How often in that movie do you think Peter Dinklage saw him walking around with his shoes on his knees and he was like, I can't believe I'm in this fucking These movie. motherfuckers. <laughs> sons of fucking bitches. <laughs> oh, God. Um, he was actually as mad as his character is in Elf. Um, like, like he was for real Batman. Um, but yeah, so, why is he in this fucking movie? Alright, so Oppenheimer. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, Oppenheimer, fantastic. Like, I, I was telling Sydney, I was like, every time I watch a Nolan movie, and I know, I'm sure he has help, you know, with, maybe not a writer's room, but he has, like, people who he bounces ideas off of, but most of the time it says, you know, written, but this one said, written by the screen and directed by Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, before, I think he's worked with his brother. One time he worked with a couple of other writers for the Dark Knight movies. But I think the last, like, four or five movies has been just him. Right. And I'm like, how how the fuck is this movie put together in the edit? Is it written? Because this thing jumps through, like, two or three timelines effortlessly. Right. Like, not once confused. Like, never once, like, wait, what time is it? Like, what year is it? You know exactly, you know, you know, it's young him. You know, you know what, you know what it is when they're in the room. You know what it is when it's black and white. I know the the black and white probably helps, you know, a little bit, make it easier. But I'm also like, how, how are you, A, putting it together and how are you filming it? Right? Especially when there are scenes that you get shown the first, let's say it's a five second scene, you get, sh- or a 10 second scene, you get shown the first seven seconds and you're like, oh, oh, impression. And then, and then later on, they show the, the rest of that scene and it changes the context of it. You're like, oh, oh, right. that's what that- And the right? actors and somehow so- have to be in that. Like, how, yeah, like you said, how, how do you as a director make this work so that like your actors 
that it works from the actor's perspective. Do you get what I'm right. saying? Like, as an like, actor, you're like, all right, well, in this scene, I should not have this information, like, so I should play like this versus, like, oh, this one I should. But be filming is, them it, at the same fucking time. Like, yes. <laughs> and then being like, all right, we'll just make a note to put in that one. Kind of like how we talked about doing um, everything everywhere all at once, right? Right. Where somebody would slap somebody, and then it, 10 days later, they would have to be like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, right? Like, get hit, like, in another universe, right? Right. It's like that. It's like, I, I mean, I know that that's the whole point, that that's why they're good at it. That's why they're, you know, artists, and that's where the hard part comes in. But it's it just fucking, my mind boggles like this, figuring out, like, the, the, the timelines at Inception, figuring out the fucking, dude, I don't need, I, the reason I didn't like Tenant is because I'm, I, I'm not the kind of person who's like, the rules have to make sense the whole time, right? But I, my brain should be able to accept the rules, like the Matrix, and then just go on, on autopilot and take everything in, you know, like, right. as I'm coasting, right? I shouldn't be, I have to actively be like, wait, so, wait, so he's going forward in time, and then it goes on backwards, but if he's going backwards, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you shouldn't, shouldn't be needing to take notes. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I'm, but even just to think about, it, like, planning it, writing it, and that's what I felt about this one, where I'm like, how... And then if it was about making a pizza, it would be hard, right? Like, you know, like, you know, do different times. But it's about making the fucking atom bomb and you have to have all of this jargon along with the emotional beats, along with like 30 characters, along with making it look incredible. And I'm just like, like I, all right, can I tell you the single uh, most, I'm trying to think of this, positive review thought I've had about this movie. Hmm. There's this scene where from beginning to end of this scene it is them getting ready to test the atom bomb. Hmm. And I am stressed and filled with suspense the whole time and only once for like a second did I have the thought I know this works. I I know that. I like we don't. There should be no suspense. I know it works. And like, mm. and, but like, I was one hundred percent bought in. Fucking like lean, like leaned forward, like 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 holy shit, like like this is shit. Oh my like, god! Oh, is this? And I'm like, it works. It works. I know it works. We we dropped two of them. I know it works. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, like like, like kind of like I mean, sitting. I was sitting how I was. Sitting during the train sequence of Dead Reckoning, where I'm just like leaning forward, like, oh my god, oh my god, and it's it's just a test that I know the outcome from, right? Like, <laughs> you know the 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 sequences from, and like that sequence, the sequence in in like that auditorium gym thing, like that's like incredible. The music is incredible. Like I um early on, you, you didn't did you see it um regular or IMAX? You saw it regular, right? Uh, I don't. So here's the thing, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's not IMAX, but like. It was at the Amstar near Four Seasons, and it was like the GPX showing, okay. which isn't so IMAX, like a little bit- but it's still a bigger screen than normal, and like it still has enough fucking sound that it like whenever an explosion happens on the screen, like your whole chair like vibrates, like it, it, yeah, you it's, feel it in your chest, yeah. yeah. So it's it's maybe it wasn't IMAX, but it was as, I feel like as close as you can be without being IMAX. And then I'm sure early on there's a sequence where. Um, Kenneth Branagh, another oh yeah, best uh, best uh, screenplay, right right there, an Oscar boom, a little bit where he gets another goofy accent. 
um, goes, can you hear the music? Can you hear it? You know, you, it's not just about writing. Can you hear it? And then it does like this montage where he keeps seeing like different bits and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And like the end, it just, my fucking chest was just like about to just like explode yeah. from the sound. Um, just incredible stuff. Um, it's so funny because somebody tweeted out about Ludwig Goranson. He did the music for Black Panther. He won the Oscar for best score for Black Panther. Uh-huh. And he, he's been doing a bunch of scores with people. Like he did the... Um, he did the the Mandalorian, the season one, the hey, no, no, he did the um the, the I forget the the main Mandalorian sound that is like iconic now for Star Wars. It's pretty much like iconic. He did uh, something else I can't remember, but anyway, so he he his 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 start was he did the music for Community, and then he did like he produced like the Childish Gambino's old albums. Yep, he, I knew he I knew he produced all of those albums. Yeah, and now he's doing this and so he was he was he did the score for oppenheimer i take it yeah mm -hmm, yeah yeah. and so which i'm kind of glad because there's like a lot of strings a lot of different sounds and i feel like he would have gotten hans zimmer whose stuff i like from time to time it would have just been like oh we took we recorded the atomic bomb and we're just gonna play it over and over right so Um, so uh to my point that i said i would bring back earlier where you're i was like people can be bad at watching movies i saw that tweet I don't remember if it was exactly in response to this, but someone was talking like, oh, all right, first of all, could this movie be more anti-Adam Bomb? Mm-mm. No, it, it, all right. So I saw a thing where they're like, for a movie that is so anti-Adam Bomb, it seems weird or dumb or like a bad idea that they did not show us like the effects of the atom bomb on people all right so Mm -hmm. so two kind of things here one like and i i saw this on the um under that same thread like killian murphy firsthand wouldn't know right Like, like he he is the guy that created it, but, like, he doesn't know exactly what it looks like, right? Mm-hmm. We get the scene where, like, you know, he kind of has to look away. Um, but, like, the, other than that. The other thing is, you 100% get to see it in that fucking auditorium scene. Like, you literally see, like, flesh coming off the faces. Bright white light. Like, evaporating people. You see uh, what is clearly ch- cheering. Mm-hmm. Turn they in, the sound. Turn into crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fucking exactly. that the thing he steps in is clearly just like a just ashen. Just you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. You see the whole thing. Like it's right there in that scene. Like, I, what do you need? <laughs> like, what, I, I feel like you could put two and two together. Like when somebody goes, they evaporated ten thousand people in a second. And then you, your mind should, and you see the gigantic explosion during the test. Your mind should go, "Oh, I can imagine what that would look like, right?" Like, yeah. Also, we've all seen or heard about all of it in school, right? Like, you, yeah, you've heard those descriptions already in school, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the the one I can think of the most is like where they they mention, and I think they do it in this movie, like the. The explosion being so severe and, like, uh, the light... Like, you can see outlines on the pavement from the light flashing. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's an outline of what would have been the shadow because the light, like, 
flashed everything around it so much that it like seared the concrete around what would have been the shadow. So you right. can like on the sidewalks see outlines of people that were involved in the blast. And it's like I you don't need to show me that because one, I already know, two, like description, you know what I mean? Like I can imagine a thing being told to me. Yeah. And three, like it, even still, they do kind of show you it. Like, like there is a giant bright light in the auditorium. You know what I mean? Like, and it's yeah. not. Uh... And during the um, that like scene with when he's the lawyers are screaming and he the whole room becomes white and it's like, yep. he's it's clearly triggering like some sort of traumatic PTSD. Being like, I saw that that white light is you know it's come for me. It's here now, right? Like, right. It, it, it's um, yeah, like. It, it, Sometimes it's nice to have a vague artistic representation of it rather than just like, like here's a um, picture. Like I don't, I don't a need picture. that every time. Right, exactly. Like you can have a little bit of extra umph. That that kind of like how we talking about Lena. Like yes, the, maybe the fourth, you know, the fourth season didn't have the story um, as strong as seasons one and two, but the visuals were still great. And sometimes you need to have like a little, little bit of cinematic. Flair, flair to it. Yeah, artistic yeah. flair, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Oppenheimer is is incredible. Um, Killian Murphy is great. Yeah. Um, I give it a four and a half out of five, and I think, I don't know, I think maybe if I rewatch it, I'll be like, wow, no, this is five. Because I remember watching The Prestige the first time, which I think is still my favorite of his and his best one. And... I remember watching the first time and be like, "Huh, oh, that's a neat little like twist." And oh, it's, it's good performances. And yeah. now I'm like, "Oh, that's his best movie, five out of five. It's incredible." Like, I love what it's saying about people. Uh, I love the the dark sort of twist to it. Um, have you seen it? I, I have not, but I do know what the twist is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I, I love that because it's like this man will literally break physics. The other guy just had a twin. That's. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's all. <laughs> this man kills, literally kills himself every night for his craft after breaking the very structure of our universe. The other guy just happened to have a brother who looked just like him, and they cut off their <laughs> fingers. Like, that's there's no right. Like that's like it. Somebody they were tweeting about it. They were like, people think his his movies are very like dark and he's very cold. And they're like, but the whole movie, The Prestige, it's a big goof. Like, like that. That's like that's such a funny. Like if you sit back and you go, that while it's kind of sad, you go. That's pretty fucking funny. Right. <laughs> Especially because early on somebody goes, dude, what if he has a brother? And he's like, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. It has to be something else. I have to figure it out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like Christopher Nolan killed it. Uh, everybody, all the um, all the actors and actresses are great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Emily Blunt is great. Yeah. Um, like, really? All right, she's in the movie, obviously, oh. more than what I'm about to say. But, like, basically, she's in the movie for one moment. Like, for one... To pull off one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's incredible. Like, just... Yeah. You know what I mean? He uh, kills it. Um, I did have one... So, let me see if you saw it as well. So, I, I don't think you can spoil it because it's real life. But the movie doesn't really treat it as a surprise. But, like, Florence Pugh's... Fate... I think comes early-ish, and it's also, I mean, it's real life. But did you notice, I guess 20 second spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled on what happens to her. Yeah. Did you notice, so there, there he, he gets the call, 
right? Right. And they're like, it's, oh, I forget, it's like Tradlock or Trad something. There's, she's like putting ta- the cushions on her on her bathtub to drown herself. Right. Did, am I misremembering? Am I, did, am I imagining things? Did I see a shot where there were two black hands holding her yes. head down? Okay. Okay, because I thought I was going crazy. I thought Sid afterwards, like, if it is that the way, if, I, if it is how I remember it, that's inc- that's amazing. That's an amazing way to do it, right? Because it's like, well, we think she killed herself, but there's maybe a chance that she was murdered, right? Right. And I thought that that was so great. It's such a great way of doing it. Not calling attention to it, but being like, movie, the movie being like, you know, hey, like, you know. And apparently, Christopher Nolan said that the stuff in color is subjective and the stuff in black and white is uh, objective, like. Right. So it's all like through uh, Oppenheimer's sort of memories or just his point of view. So it's very interesting that he goes, wow, she was killed. But then in the back of his mind, either the yeah, filmmaker thinks... Yeah, for a split second, he he's like, it could have been this, though. It could have been Kid. Or he goes, oh, fuck, they killed her. And he just knows that he just has to keep going, right? Yeah. Like, it's, um, I remember being uh, slightly confused in that moment. I was like, what? You're like why did I see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And, uh, yeah, so that, that did happen. Yes, that is a real thing that happened. Yeah, um, well, especially because in, 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 they say it's unsigned. So I'm sure his mind goes, somebody else just wrote it. Right. Left it. And then, you know, killed her. And, and But I thought that, that was, you know, little little things like that that are sprinkled throughout the movie. Not to say that, you know, oh, they, they, they killed a woman. Beautiful. But it's like, you know, it's like little things that add, that, that make it just like not a, just a, a BBC documentary or like some sort of simple biopic, right? The, the little timeline flares, the these little like um, Terrence Malick like like he'll be walking and then it'll be like a close up of an atom or the the scenes with like these like cosmic dust and um, that great one where there's like a fireball in the sky sort of flying over like yeah. just little things like that that are added throughout the movie that you just dreams dreamlike sequences where he imagines himself in the cockpit and he see cockpit and he he sees like a rocket one rocket you know yeah. like stuff like that yeah that you go wow. Yeah, it, he, he. There's so much of it, and it's all so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Snoop Dogg meme. This motherfucker can't miss. He's <laughs> exactly. not, he don't miss. Um, it's the, that's why he's the goat. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the one, the one thing I've been loving on Twitter this weekend ever since it's it come out is all the people being like doing the the Truman bit, where people will be like. Oh, I have blood on my hands. And, and then people responding with videos. Like there's one where Kevin Hart goes, Oh, my pussy hurts. <laughs> and they're like, Truman. <laughs> oh, God. Um, God. The, and like another thing, I know it's, and it's like, it's real life. So like, again, but like something about it, like you get that moment with Truman, right? And you're like, damn, that's great. But then, like, if you look it up, that's, like, really what happened, which is fucking wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like he did... All right, so he calls him a crybaby scientist in real life. He calls him that later. But, like, apparently in that moment, in that meeting, he still, like, called him, like, some, something, something, son of a bitch, like, blah, 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 get him out of here. And it's like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is wrong with you people? And then, like, <laughs> like I said about Benny Safdie, I'm like, he's playing, like, a super fucking weirdo. And then... You see, like, it's like, oh, this guy wanted to nuke hurricanes. He wanted to nuke to get oil. He wanted to nuke to make harbors. Like, he's like, I'll just fucking use him for anything. Right, <laughs> it's right. Like, oh, it's no, like, I get it. Yeah, it's like you, for some reason, you 
I mean, you you see him, you see Oppenheimer, and you're like, this man changed the world. He was in magazines. He was the most popular. He was the most famous man in the world for like a, like a little bit, and everybody knew his name. He became the name of science in the country. So you imagine, oh well, him and his colleagues are probably all around the same level of saneness. And then you Google, like you said, and you go, like this man wanted to do nuke stuff, and this man wanted to, you know, crazy shit. And you're like, oh wait, that's right. These people are just as insane as we've ever been, if not even more. So right, Oppenheimer was like, what have I done? I've made a death machine that other I've, dude's like all right what if we make a bigger death machine and just, and just use it for anything <laughs> i've given a knife to a child <laughs> our achilles are not safe <laughs> exactly oh god uh, and then of course that last sequence i mean you gotta end it with a bang and i mean he like do that last shot just kills it and the crazy thing is that that last shot, it's like a close-up of his face, and you just see, like, a whole world behind him. Yeah. Um, I think it was, like, the first official either picture or um, video of the teaser, which he um, – it's interesting because he's also done that before. So, like, the, the very first shot anybody ever saw of The Dark Knight – I remember this so vividly – is the one from the very end of the movie where he's, like, going up the motorcycle and the light's flashing and then it flickers on his cape. Yeah. That's like in the very first trailer. That's the very first thing that ever came out, and I just like that. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." He just goes like, "I don't give a shit about your spoiler shit." Like these, you're gonna get these visuals whether you like it or not, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Man, all right. So I don't know that I'm like a giant Christopher Nolan fan. I, I mm-hmm. like. I don't. I don't really watch enough movies, honestly, to like have like favorite directors. Blah blah blah. The only one I can say for sure is definitely like Quentin Tarantino. I, it doesn't matter what he comes out with. I'm gonna go watch it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't really have anything. But like when I really like look back and think on it, like Christopher Nolan's just been a fucking banger. Like, <laughs> like he very rarely puts out anything that isn't incredible. Um, and the same he... can go for this fucking World War II documentary. Like, I, like how do, you, like I said, how did I not? How do I give a shit about any of this movie? I I know we created the atom bomb, <laughs> like, right, right? And it's like it doesn't fucking matter, bro. I'm in. <laughs> the, and I don't um, know that I would watch a documentary. That, that's what like it like it's just a straight up documentary. I might be like, eh, I'm not really interested. But like this, he just, every it's just fucking perfect. Yeah, like it'd be like, well, we did this. Apparently, when they this with the the the, I think editing is insane and it's so important and it's what sets this apart from something like a documentary or a wikipedia page which i you know people sometimes feel like i can just get the wikipedia pages like no you're not uh there, there's um two bits so one um there is a video by patrick h willems where he talks about he's talking about miami vice the movie Mm-hmm. The one with Jimmy Fox and, and uh, Colin Farrell, and he talks about how it's the plot is very loose and it's more more about vibes because he says he's like there's a sequence where they go interrogate this guy about some drugs, and he then the Wikipedia page says you know Crocs and Tubs go interrogate the guy they get the information and then they go on to the next thing, but in the movie uh, um, Colin Farrell he's like where's the money or he or Jimmy Fox is saying something and then Colin Farrell's over on the side and he looks out the window and he sees like the ocean. And for a split second, like, he imagines himself getting away and escaping. And then he wistfully looks. And then he's just slammed back and he, like, blinks twice. And he kind of goes, well, no, I can't do that. I got to get back here, right? So he's trapped, right? <laughs> and you get more of that from that, but you don't get that on Wikipedia page. And I feel like the same way with editing and 
the way he did this movie, where you, like you said, you're like, I wouldn't want to watch a documentary because apparently in the book, him getting his clearance revoked is very like, you know, he builds the bomb and then afterwards they just do, do the whole like that part, right? It's very like, it's the, the multiple timelines spread out over one and it becomes more matter of factual, right? Right. Whereas this, it's sort of that builds on the bomb, which in turn builds on the next thing. And it's sort of, you know, sort of a t- cyclical time thing where one thing feeds into the other cause and effect over and over and over. Right. And it's the same approach that Greta Gerwig did with Little Women, where the book is just like, you know, these four girls grow up and, you know, you see them as teens and them as adults and then the titular Little Women. But in the movie, she puts them as women on top of them as girls so that when one of them goes, oh, you know, can't wait for us to get old together, you know, grow up and be friends when we're, you know, 30. And then the next scene is them being separate and alone. It hits even harder, right? So it's like... Right. It's like it's like somebody yeah. being able to... All right. So, like, Christopher Nolan read this book, right? Because he said, like, mm-hmm. basically, he's like, I read this book and decided I wanted to do a movie. Which... Yeah. It's such a wild fucking thought to me, first of all. Like, like <laughs> I can't imagine... Man, like... All right, so video game movies are dog shit, right? But, like, I can't yeah. imagine playing a game or, like... And I guess game is a little different because it's really more like a movie as opposed to this. But, like, I can't imagine reading this book and being like, wow, this book is fucking great. What if I just did it instead? Like, what... Like, what possesses you to be like, I can make it better? Like, yeah, I can do it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right, right, right. Like, like, you didn't add any new information. I mean, we know he did through editing and artistic license, blah, blah, blah. But, like, ultimately, he was like, I read a book, and I'm going to make a movie about everything I read in this book. And you're like, okay. Um, but even still, uh, like, the, like, what makes it special is that, like, or at least what I have to imagine it is, is that, like you said, things like that come together in the... Sorry, even if I don't mean it came together in the edit. Like, the edit is very important to, like, making this work, right? It is a very mm-hmm. important uh, portion of the movie. I feel like what that means is that, like, Christopher Nolan, having read this book, is able to, like... For, I mean, unless he read it multiple times. But, like, even mm-hmm. if he read it three times, it's still incredible. He is able to have read this book and noticed connecting tissues from beginning to end and been like, all right, so if I just smash these two parts together and we get to the rest of the stuff later, it will give more weight to this moment because we can see, like, it's like he's doing the analysis for you, right? Like, like you yeah. might read a book and be like, ah, see, the reason why this scene near the end is so important is because we get this thing at the beginning. And then when someone tells you that, you're like, oh, that is, that's really good. But he's doing that for you. He's like, ah, see, like, the reason this is fucked up is because I'll just, I'll just bring this to the front of the movie after we talk about this moment right here. And it's like, right, that, right. it's just, it, it's, it's wild to me to be able to do that so successfully and like, so universally, right? Like, I don't think yeah. anybody watches movies like, eh, it's kind of weird that it was set up in that way. Like, it's weird that we jump from timeline to timeline. Like, everybody I saw is like, that was incredible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, no. Yes. I mean, just to be able to be like, like you said, like being able to crack it. And, and like I was saying earlier, just being able to put that all in your head 
and be like, we need this at this part, this at that part. And not just for an hour and a half, but for fucking three hours. Right. And, three and hours. apparently I saw that they were like, this is one of the quickest films he's ever filmed. Like, it, it stop. wasn't that much time. <laughs> right? I said, stop. Oh, yeah, How? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 50, uh, he, they did it in 57 days. So a little bit under two months. Two months he did this whole fucking movie? Or like the, the filming parts, right? The production. The production. I mean, sorry, still, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah, getting all those actors to line up, all the old-timey shit, the tests, all that shit, all filmed. The filming itself was 57 days. All right, so I don't know for sure. I'm not some fucking movie. I, I don't know enough about Hollywood and the inner workings. But, like, I just assume that when an actor works on a movie, he's gone for, like, 120 days. Like, yes. like mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, usually movies take, like, big movies, like, a big epic is at least, like, four months so right something like uh killers of the flower moon probably films for like 100 days maybe more um at wolf of wall street i think filmed for like 100 days um 57 days yeah and this shit is not a straightforward movie yeah that's what I'm saying. yeah right like you you probably have movies that Mission are just impossible like... as great as it was like it, it's not really jumping around much there's like one scene that wasn't in sequence they would have just filmed once and then put pieces of it in throughout the movie the flashback, mm-hmm. like, like you, they, oh, they yeah. film that and then they put it wherever they want. But everything else is just fucking in a row. <laughs> like they did, all, like I mean, I know you don't film it that way, but in my head, I'm like, they got to Rome and they did all the Rome stuff, and that was it. And then they fucking went, to, like, you know what I mean? Like there was no back and forth. Right, like, yeah, like there's no like back and forth, right? Right. It's like, like I think I told you, or I was telling maybe either you or Sid, where I was like, it's you know two hours and forty five minutes, but it's really only like. What, like six sequences? Like six, maybe right. like six or seven, right? Like I could easily explain to you um, the gist. I, the, I the, can yeah, tell you the whole plot of this movie and not miss any significant beat. You know what I mean? Like, and, and without even looking it up. And in this movie, Oppenheimer, there's zero chance I'm going to remember everything without like a cheat sheet in front of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? You said you found the two, like, you were, like, the two hands, and I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, um, the, I'm trying to find how long it took to film, but I can't see it. Oh, well. It's hard, kind of hard to find just, like, an easy, like, answer for most films, because I right. think there's, like, reshoots and shit, but, so, 57 days, that's it for all those bits, like a gigantic puzzle piece, and all, and all of it making perfect sense. Never once was I like, wait, what? Bro, 57 days, right? You're you're Killian Murphy, and you knock this motherfucker out in 57 days, you gotta be like, this is the best fucking movie I've ever done. Like, like <laughs> first of all, only 57 days, second of all... I mean, Best Picture nominee, right? Like, it has to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. It's, like, it's like, bro, I put in I put in a killer performance and a fucking amazing movie, and it only took me two months of work, and now I just do the little press tour. <laughs> yeah. fucking... I don't I don't see how it doesn't get... I mean, it, it's a, it, there's, there's no universe where it doesn't get Best Picture. All the other ones may... Like, here and there, we'll see. Those are a little bit tricky. Like, Best Director and all those are a little bit trickier. But there's no way this movie doesn't get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, for sure. Um... Oh, oh, so so um, the Al- so um, the Alamo, the local theater here, is having a bunch of Stanley Kubrick movies over the next two months. They have mm-hmm. like Shining, but that's usually in October anyway, and Eyes Wide Shut or um, Full Metal Jacket, a couple other ones. But they're having Eyes Wide Shut, and I've never seen it, so I bought you know, a ticket for me and said. And then I googled it on Wikipedia. I was like, let me see how long it is. Just see, basically, you know, and apparently it holds the record for the longest film shoot ever. 
It's like a two hour plus movie. And they film that shit for 400 plus days. Stop like, it. Continuous, continuous, like every day. Because apparently Stanley Kubrick was such a perfectionist that he, he had to get everything. Like he, he was involved in like the color of the chandeliers and like the, the texture of the lamps and shit. And apparently that um, the crew was not very happy about that. Well, but no they way. filmed over the course. Of, yeah. <laughs> over 400 These motherfuckers days. took this job. They're like, all right, Stanley Kubrick, a little crazy. I, you know, instead of a hundred days, it's going to be like 150, but like, he's a great director. It's worth it to work with him. <laughs> this motherfucker, mm-hmm. went, they came in like fucking 200 days have gone. They're like, this man must be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and little did you know, you're only halfway. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way everybody on that thing, like, they were like, hey, Stanley, your movies are cool, but like, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> right. You know how shitty it's going to be for you, Stanley, when I quit this movie halfway through? <laughs> Tom Cruise is like, I had enough. I don't, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go do... Huh? Uh, Mission Impossible 2. Mission, Impos- yeah, Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 2. Yeah. <laughs> grow up my hair and do Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally his... I think I'm, I'm like 80% sure that was his, directly his next movie. Oh, well, no wonder it was so shitty. He was like... I have to imagine there were things that like we could reshoot this he's like absolutely fucking not like yeah, <laughs> we're, we're keeping it pushing uh, the director's like I didn't really like the way you interacted with uh, what's her name um, Nicole Kidman oh uh, Teddy Newton yeah Teddy Newton there. he was like I don't give a fuck I'm getting out <laughs> yeah this shit is not going over 75 days I promise <laughs> yeah this is a pretty funny um, sort of um, I can say like damn dude, dude he Man, like he just fucking kills it, man. Like I'm looking at his at his filmography: Top Gun, Rain Man, De- uh, A Few Good Men. I've Mission never Impossible, seen. Game I've Quiet. never seen his earlier movies. Um, like off the well, I mean, I'm sure I I, I watched the first Top Gun. Um, yeah, but like uh, so, Rain Man never saw. Jerry Maguire never saw. Um, a Few Good Men. I might have watched once. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure that I watched the whole movie but i might have um because yeah. that's that's the one with jack nicholson right mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. what other movies did he like have early on in his career uh, those the main ones born of the fourth of july that one's uh, okay it's a little slow um, i know jerry Maguire's huge and i mm-hmm. never once have seen yeah uh, Basically, the, the only thing I know about it is that he's an agent and that Cuba Gooding Jr. is in the movie. That's it. That's yeah. It. And then show me the money. And yeah. I, Honestly, I can't tell you any of the context of what that's about. But now that you've said it, and I had to think about the context of what it could be, my guess is he's the agent, so he got a big deal. That's yeah. like all I've got. <laughs> Mission Impossible 3. Let me see. He had a good stretch. Like He, had, he, he did... Um... Magnolia for Paul Thomas Anderson. It's crazy because it, you know, so he he like it's it's nuts because it's it's he like I said before he's like he's like um Adam Driver but also with an action side like a really good action side. So like Jerry Maguire is Cameron Crowe. He's a big director. Uh, Mission Impossible is Brian De Palma. So he's like he did like a bunch of classes like Carrie and other ones. Like, um, Magnolia, Paul Thomas Anderson. You know he does like Boogie Nights and all of those. Um, yeah. Uh, Minority Report with Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I did see Collateral. that. One. That one's actually pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Collateral with Michael Mann. You know, so for a while there's like he did big action movies. Uh, Austin Powers in Goldmember. You know, he was in that as a cameo. He was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays himself. Hey, Tropic Thunder. 
and Tropic Thunder, right? So he's Did I tell you I had crazy. a friend who didn't realize that was him in Tropic Thunder? Have I told you that story? No, uh-uh. Yeah, I have a friend who, like, I, he... I wasn't there when he watched it, and I wasn't there when he found out, but I heard about it, like, well after the fact. He's like, oh, yeah, for, like, a whole year I had no idea that was Tom Cruise. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I just, I didn't notice. I was like, how? It's... Like, they fuck up his hair and they make him look slightly bigger, but, it, like, it's still his voice. He still has, like, the same face. Like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I don't know what to tell you. I just didn't realize it was Tom Cruise. He said that, like, a year later, after watching the movie, someone was like, oh, yeah, Tom Cruise is great. He's like, Tom Cruise isn't in that movie. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> like, yeah, he is. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then they showed it to him. He's like, oh, my God, that's Tom Cruise, which is incredible. Yeah. And, you know, to sort of put a bow on the night, on the part, on the episode, also starring Robert Downey Jr. And the last time, before this next upcoming time, nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, man. Okay. Wait, he won a... Or he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in, he was, in Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for an, an Academy Award, a BAFTA, and a Screen Actors Guild Award for playing... Um, what's his fucking name? Oh, my God. His name... Kirk Lazarus. <laughs> Bro, how... How the times have changed. Like, Tropic Thunders are movies that don't even get made anymore. And I don't mean on some, this is cancel culture shit. I just mean, like, movies have moved away from those comedies because they're not uh, instinctively bankable. Um, yeah. And it's like, my man almost won a fucking award for one. Fucking <laughs> God. <laughs> my man was in fucking Iron Man movies. Like, like incredible in those movies. And, mm-hmm. like, he almost won an award for Kirk Lazarus. Like, it's, God damn it, bro. What is it's this? so funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and the voice he does, like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's incredible. Um, so, all right, that's that's the uh, that's the episode for this week. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's like one of those, like, I, I'm kind of bummed. I mean, I'm seeing Barbie tomorrow, and I've heard great things. So I'll come and talk about it next time. But it's kind of like one of those, you know, it's a rare time where you just go to a movie theater. You're like, dude, all of these, from what I've heard, is great. So, but all these are like just fucking bangers, man. You know, Mission <laughs> Impossible, Joyride's fun, Fallout. Oh, not Fallout. Red Dead Reckoning's out there, right? So it's just like. All right. I, in two consecutive weekends, have went to a movie theater and watched a movie. Bro, I, uh, I can't tell you the last movie I've watched in a theater before this these two like it's been so long and like 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 you said everything in the theater is a banger right now and like here's yeah. the deal i probably won't go see barbie in the theater because like i said it feels like in my head i'm like whoa whoa i gotta calm down like, <laughs> like i've gone <laughs> twice two weekends i've gone once uh two weekends in a row uh nah i'm i'm wilding out right now i got too much dip on my chip but mm-hmm. like really Man. All right, this this might sound like a negative, but like really, if I didn't have kids, like and had more free time that I did not want to spend with my kids, I, I would one hundred percent be going to see Barbie in theaters. You know what I mean? Like, like it, yeah, everything in the theaters right now. I'm like, this shit's hitters. Like, yeah, I would right, go watch yeah, Dead what... Reckoning again. I would watch Oppenheimer again. I would go watch Barbie. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why, I, like, I think I mentioned you before. Is like sometimes there's like movies like Joyride. It's like if you go often or if you have some free time once it's streaming, you can watch it. And there's something like maybe, well, I haven't seen it yet, but maybe like something like you said, like Next Run, like Barbie, where it's like, yeah, if you have a chance, I would highly recommend it. And then there's like some stuff where it's like, dude, 
you got to go out and see it, like Dead Reckoning or Oppenheimer, right? So Right, and um, what's weird thing is if I told you, like, hey, go watch this movie about uh, the the guy who created the atomic bomb, you might be like, oh, that's a good one. I can just catch on streaming later. Absolutely not. This no, one, like, you, you want yeah. the sound, you want like, you want the the full theater experience, which again is another testament to Nolan that like who would give a shit about this movie, <laughs> right? Ah, man, but yeah, so that's the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to catch me, you can catch me at T Money Bags on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Evercaster ninety two on Instagram. You can catch the podcast at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us Different Animals Podcast at gmail um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys in two weeks. Later. Peace.